myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. As we get closer to Christmas, hope you have guys have a happy holidays. This week's episode, my guest is Mark Jacob Hallberg otherwise known as the Bushido Geek from the Fandom Effect podcast. Mark's podcast talks about mostly nerd culture and things that you can geek out and be a fan of, and he just explores those various fandoms. It's a great listen. I just listened to his latest episode with Bruce Valanche. Check him out on all podcasting platforms. Give it a listen. He's really fascinating. Uh, We talk about my episode. We talk about the Bushido parenting and his fear of having his MMA or other, you know, working out lifestyle injuring him to the point that he can't do the things he wants to do as a dad. It's a really interesting episode. So let's get into it with Mark Jacob Hallberg. All right, we're here with Mark Jacob Hallsberg, otherwise known as the Bushido Geek. And his podcast, The Fandom Effect, that I've actually been listening to recently and become a fan of. How you doing, Mark? Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, just one of those uh, long days. <laughs> yeah, you ran down your schedule. You, you want to, you can talk about it on here as well. It may already be in the works by the time. You may be, you may be already <laughs> moved on to a, your, a daily radio show by the time this launches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won't, I, I won't take up too much, but yeah, it was just like, I, I did my normal, you know, day job and then, uh, got off of work and then jumped to sending off some, some podcasting stuff for editing and then went from there to filling out my uh, script for the radio stuff on Saturday and kind of jotting down what I need to do before Saturday before I go live. So, uh, yeah. So if everyone, anyone listening, you can catch the Phantom Effect, uh, on Redline Radio LLC is the Facebook page. You can catch me there. Nor- I, I'm saying Saturday, but by the time I think you'll hear this, I'll be on Sundays, so you can just catch me on Sundays. And that's amazing. I, I can't imagine like doing a radio because I feel like that's even more prep because you have to all of a sudden prep for contingencies of, as it comes up, something <laughs> changing. Yeah, so it's like they have an app, and then it's like their Facebook page. It goes so it goes live on their Facebook page, and they have it synced up, and then like they have like the app and stuff like through that as well. So like it's still a smaller mm-hmm. one, but like yeah, it's a good stepping stone that you know I can use this and then launch into you know bigger, bigger stuff. But yeah, it's I, I got lucky. I just I interviewed a guy for for a podcast, and he, like after we were done, he was just you know hey, he was like hey, I I, I love the message you're trying to spread with like showcasing the the nerdier community and just trying to like bring entertainment to it. And then I go over like the news and stuff. He was like, I love your style. He was like, you got, you know how to run stuff. He was like, you know, I've been made producer of this online radio station because a lot of shows dropped out, you know, do you want a time slot? And then, so that's just been like, that's been the last couple of weeks is just getting that all set up and working with the, the main guy. So it's been crazy. So I've got to ask, because when I listen to your podcast, how did you get the name The Bushido Geek? So, uh, it's kind of, I guess, a self-made moniker, but based on things that I've done. So, um, obviously geek being 
obviously I've been involved in cosplay, anime, comic books, and video games for 25 years now. So, I mean, uh, that kind of came to it itself. And for Bushido, uh, I, I'm injured right now, but I did various different MMA st- uh, styles for five years. So I did like boxing, Brazilian, Japanese jiu-jitsu, um, Muay Thai kickboxing, Rufus Park kickboxing. So if you're, if you're listening and you're a fan of the USC, the, the Pettis brothers train under Rufus Sport. So that's where I trained out of when I moved to Wisconsin, just for people listening to make, to make the connections. But when I was training out of Michigan, uh, the gym I was in, I did everything, but it was a very like old school boxing mentality, like the Rocky movies, like the, the teachers were all very like, what are you doing? You can't sit down, punch more, you know, go until you puke. I remember trainings where I puked during training and everything was very like, you show respect. Don't, don't speak unless spoken to during class, like bow when you enter a room, bow when you leave the room. Everything they did was based on Bushido, and Bushido stands for Way of the Samurai, so there's, like, a Bushido code. And like, if you watch, like, Last Samurai, it's that's not a historically accurate mm-hmm. movie, but when he mentions this stuff, um, you know, the samurai means, like, to serve, mm-hmm. and they follow this code, and, like, they do the same things. That, that part is true, and that's the mentality the gym had. And so I've always been, like, I've always stuck with that mentality of following the Bushido mm-hmm. code into modern, I guess, day society. So then, like, when I was trying to think of the moniker of what this podcast was me- going to mean to me, I was that kind of just fits who I am. It fits both aspects of what my life is. Yeah, and I've re- actually read Bushido Solo Japan, so that's where I, I saw Bushido. I was, huh, interesting. <laughs> and if you haven't read that book, it's yeah. super fascinating. No, I don't think I've read that specific one. It talks about like society and like how they don't, how the merchant was like the lowest class in the Bushido, and if they got power, that and it just basically talked about how everything would be economy driven and financially. And it kind of paints the blueprint of what we're going through financially today like everything financially is controlled by merchants and so the rich people are all doing things to make money instead of which was the bushido which was to serve and each class had its own entity i was it was super fascinating yeah i i I like that that sounds really interesting and so your podcast is called the fandom effect where you interview people of i guess different genres of things going on and get into their space uh, if you will, like I listened to your one about the ghost hunters <laughs> and yeah. it was just you talking to this, the ladies that the ghost hunting sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Par- paranormal, uh, paranormal sisters is the, is the team. Yes. And that, that was super fascinating to me is that you just, even though you may not be a ghost hunter now, show me, show me how ghost hunting works and then let me kind of get into your space. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm introducing pretty soon, like, a new secondary episode talk about like the specific news but yeah that's what i go with when i'm interviewing people is just who's someone that's interesting that is done different things that people can not only get entertainment out of but at the same time learn something from because that's kind of anything i've learned from doing podcasting for a while or things that people like enjoy or just talking to friends that are nerdy is that sometimes a lot of people are just like yeah i just wish i knew more about this and could just listen to stuff without having to like research it because i mean yes google is exists for everything but sometimes you just are sick of googling everything but google doesn't have the cool stories stories of sitting and sitting at a a revolutionary war bunker and in the middle of the night, waiting for something to happen. Yeah, that one creeped me out. I was like, I like, I'm not a huge, you know, 
believer in, in that side of stuff. But even at that, I'm like, I just wouldn't want to sit in a creepy yeah. old Civil War abandoned building at two in the morning. Exactly. I interviewed a guy who's afraid of haunted houses and he's like the cartoonish ones he's afraid of. Like he gets amped up to, oh, okay. to go to the haunted house and it freaks him out. But he's like, I couldn't handle doing a real one. He's like, I already have, I'm already alone with my thoughts already. Why would I, why would I want to go somewhere else scary and be alone with my thoughts there when I don't even want to be alone yeah. with my thoughts at home? I, don't, I, I hate haunted houses because I, you know, I, I never went with like friends. I always went with a girlfriend or mm-hmm. my sister, like, you know, various people. Like there's always females in the group. And like, so they'd always like shove you, me forward, walk ahead. And then the guys would see that. So they would jump out after I walked ahead to like then scare the people behind me so i would just hear screaming so it's after like four or five times they just it just got ruined for life because i'm just like walking through a, a, a haunted house and no one's trying mm-hmm. yeah and you're just being bullied i feel to me haunted houses is bullying like they just get right up it's almost ufc like like it's literally like that chest bump in usc oh yeah when they're doing the weigh-in that's what it feels like when oh, they try yeah. to scare you. Like they're just basically, it's like, can you, yeah. can you like scare me at a distance or something? Do you have to be <laughs> like right in my face? I don't understand. I'm, I can still be scared yeah. four feet away. You don't have to make me uncomfortable and scared at the same time. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you ever hear about that one that I, I I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know exactly what state it's in, but the one where you have to sign a waiver. It's like a ten page waiver to get in, and you have to like, you have to give them permission to like legit torture you and like yeah there's there's like it's some haunted house it's in the united states i just can't remember which state and it's like a humongous you have to have you have to like not only sign the huge waiver you have to give them a document or something saying that you've taken a recent psych eval and that you're low risk for like essentially going insane because of this haunted house because they waterboard people not to kill you but like they do all these crazy torture things and and like people sign up for it <laughs> who wants that kind of fear like who wants to be scared that if you need to who and who passes a psych eval for that if you want to get that done i think you're failing the psych eval i think that's secondary yeah i there's no way i could do that no way. So speaking of fear, that's what my podcast is about. Since we do a little bit about you, get people to know you. And since you're a recent father, your fear is that you're afraid of not being there, which is yeah, which is a legitimate fear for every parent. Like it's that. And did that start like when you were told you were going to be a father or did it start or did it was it a little bit later, like when you actually were holding it in your arms that that fear started uh it it was like i mean i it was it was probably always in the back of my head mm-hmm. but i didn't really realize it until like what the reason why i'm injured right now like i have sharp pains in my neck and i'm pretty sure it's like a partially torn rotator cuff but it wasn't until that injury happened when i like freaked out because i like i had gone back to training because i was recovering from another injury i had like just got on a long trend i like blew out my calf muscle which by the way, is the weirdest feeling in the world. It feels like your legs implode. It feels. It just feels like the the back of your leg just pops. Like you, f- it's really weird. Uh, and then I dislocated a rib, and then I finally was coming back from like two months, and I was trapped in a triangle choke. Mm-hmm. Like, and I stood. You know, I should have just popped out, but I knew I could get out, so I like forced myself to get out, and I felt 
something pop in my neck. And it took me like four days until I could turn my neck. Like now I have full range of motion. I just kind of have a sharp pain Mm -hmm. every once in a while. But for, for like four days, I could not turn my head. Like I couldn't do anything. And I like freaked out. I was like, oh shit. Like what, like what happens if this is like, if this is it, like my, this is it. Now I can't, I can't turn my neck anymore. So all those thoughts kind of start floating through your head. Like I won't be able to teach him how to play baseball or ride a bike or play with him. I'm just going to literally have to just sit there every day and not move because I can't move my neck. Wow. And I've, I've never had kids mainly, I didn't, it's not my choice. It was choice of women that found me not attractive. (laughs) And so I can't imagine like the responsibility because I've, I've dated some women with kids and there are, you know, certain things that you just, you get used to and, you know, you get used to not having as much alone time as you did. You get used to having to do stuff for your children, even though, you know, even though you're tired, if your kid's hungry, you're going to make them something to eat. Oh, yeah. And so you start to do that and then the kid outgrows it and then you stop having to do that. And so now you feel you get all these thoughts of he's not going to need me anymore or he's going to. So I get like the tr- the steamrolling thoughts of as soon as soon as it's not just how does this affect me, how does this affect this person that n- wants to hang out with me every moment of the day, except when he's on the iPad. Yeah, and there's still something I got to be careful with. He likes to ride on my shoulders a lot, and I can really only do it for like ten or fifteen minutes before my neck just starts to get super sore, and I have to put him mm-hmm. down. Which is fine. I mean, it's also because of the fact that he's way bigger than the average, you know, um, I mean, he turns three next month, but, but, you know, the average three-year-old, you know, he's 38 pounds or 39 pounds or something. He's like way bigger. <laughs> so that probably doesn't help. But yeah, it, it's just, you know, you, I just kind of started like freaking out about it. And then, I mean, still stuff kind of, you know, every once in a while like pops into your head because I want to mm-hmm. go back once I can figure out what's wrong with me. And, and get back to the gym, you know, it's like you run that risk of like everything you do starts running the risk. Mm-hmm. Where, where's the risk reward for injury or something potential down the road? Even with like job stuff, I, I had been in sales for a long time and then I was in that when he was born, but I was like so stressed out every day. I was coming home angry all the time and sh- short temper with mm-hmm. him and like all that stuff. And so like I quit and I took a low, like a lower paying job that is just like super relaxing. So I don't, now I and that was like that was like another fear was like if I kept in mm-hmm. this style of job I was like I'm gonna alienate my kid bring it home with you basically yeah which is what I dealt with growing up mm-hmm. and saw myself doing the same thing and was like nope I they can't so I like, just quit my job and I took a huge pay cut but good on you the happiness in the long run but good on you for realizing that pattern and breaking it rather than well I've got to do this you know I've got to I've got to make such and such or because sometimes people, you know, well, this is just the world I'm in. So good on you for making those changes. And I get the whole jujitsu thing. I don't do it myself because I'm all of five seven and 170 pounds. <laughs> but I have, I have, I one of the comic friends with this here does jujitsu, and he talks about like he used to work in the oil field and he did martial arts, and his his buddy got him into it. And he's like, I, you know, five years ago, and I'm now he just got his blue belt, and he's. He's like, I wouldn't think of doing it. And I, he did Kempo and all these other cries. And it's like, which do you like better? He's like, jujitsu, hands down, because it's such a chess game. He's like, the, the idea that it's a chess game that you kind of, you play the other person's tendencies that they've done, shown you this and this. So, oh, yeah. And so he loves that strategy play of, okay, he's got his feet, 
and he's going to come at me from the side. So if he comes at me from the side, then I know to do this. Yeah. That's where he gets it. And so I get the whole idea of it's kind of a relaxing, but also mentally it kind of helps you focus. Yeah. It's like a brain, a physical brain teaser, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. And that's kind of the, one of the reasons I want to go back if I can figure out what the hell <laughs> the hell's wrong. It, yeah. Like you said, it's, he's pretty much right. It's, um, I was, I was not at, at that high of a level just cause I like, like switched. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Uh, most schools, like if you, if you come in saying like, Hey, I'm a, like I was a red belt and, Muay Thai kickboxing when I left Michigan to come here. So when I told them that, they were like, well, we're going to put you at yellow orange and we'll see where you're at because theirs was like, it's a different style of kickboxing. It's a different school. But with jiu-jitsu, unless they know, unless they've heard of the school, it's like a national play, something where like a UFC fighter or Bellator or mm-hmm. somebody like that comes from where they can like obviously literally just pick up the phone and call and be like, is this guy really, you know, like a blue belt in jiu-jitsu? That kind of thing. Did you do anything there? I was like, yeah, I did like a year of MMA and 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 Brazilian or in in Japanese jiu-jitsu. And they were like, oh, well, we do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and we've never seen you roll. So we're your white belt, bottom white belt. We can't run the risk of having you work with someone higher. And then your style is totally different. You, you would think they give you some sort of certificate or something that you could take or like a, like a course credit, like you could transfer <laughs> like your jiu-jitsu college credits. Yeah, I wish. I have belts. I was like, I had I had sashes for Muay Thai, but for for the school I was at in Michigan, like they really didn't do jujitsu. When I was there, like they had jujitsu testing, but it was always at like Wednesday at 10 p.m. And I like I can never make that. There's no way I, that will ever work. Hmm. So I was like, I just kept doing stuff. But you meet interesting people. Like I was on both sides of the fence. I went from being the guy who sat on the chair and joined to the guy in the room talking to other people joining and you got to scare people away sometimes because sometimes you get the feeling of you're doing this because you watch the UFC and that's not a good reason. Yeah, it's not it's not a quick fix and as a comic I totally get that that's how I feel sometimes with everything is there's always these people that are just trying to jump on because oh you can make money at this I know how to make money at this how do how do we make money at this like comedy they do it yeah. When I'm in stand up, there will always be new guys. So how how many years for in doing comedy before you get start getting paid to do this? It's like, well, <laughs> it's not like a, a union job where you get credit for time served. It's just sometimes some people find themselves about six months into doing comedy. Other people, it takes four to five years before they find their voice. Yeah. It's just you have to you have to love what you're doing. I always tell people for take the first year of whatever you're doing and learn how to love what you're doing because if you don't love it after a year you're probably gonna not like doing it in your two and three yeah uh, that's uh, that's a good point so i would like to know do you feel like you resonate now more with the minivan dad now that you are a dad <laughs> um so okay so funny story uh on that well i guess i don't know you're an actual professional comedian so i don't know how funny it is to you but um <laughs> uh when i uh, the older car that i used to have when it came time to like or we you know we have a kid my car let's just say didn't have the ability to have a car seat in it. My wife was just like, all right, well, we're time to get a new car. And I really like the Mazda CX-5. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of wanted to get like a Mazda 6 because, you know, it's still a four door and we can fit a car seat in it. And, you know, it's like it's just a smaller car. And I just I like smaller cars. So fast forward, I now have a Mazda CX-5. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my when my time came for my wife to get a new car, she was like, yeah, minivan. I, I, I'm getting a minivan. So now I have an SUV and a minivan. So I'm fully in that 
minivan dad. I'm only in a sedan because of the gas mileage it gets. Like my, I have a Nissan Altima from 2016, and it gets 600 miles to a tank of gas. And so as a comic, Jeez. when you're driving around, I think it's it's just amazing for me to be able to just fill up like maybe, it, you know, drive 600 miles and then finally fill up. Yeah. I totally get this, the sport utility because it's so easy to get stuff in and out of. It's like, oh, I can I don't have to bend over to put groceries in. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That much easier. And she she loves the, the minivan because it's got like the it's from like 2006, but it's got like the opening trunk and there's a smaller TV in there. And I was like, Jesus, time times have certainly changed mm-hmm. from minivans and stuff back when I was a kid. I grew up in the ages of regular vans. And so I'm 43. So I've grown up with like real vans and seen like the minivan. Now it opens up like you've like you're a roadie taking your kid to some concert because it opens up like the doors open up. Yeah. You have to bring out all this equipment. So your kid stays entertained while you're visiting your family. Like when it's a baby, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're a roadie. Yeah. This little playpen looking thing where they lay on it. And then you have like this Johnny jump up thing that sits at the door jam and they bounce on that. You have like six things and it's just to visit your folks for like an hour and a half. And then you got to pack it all up, put it all back in the van. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. You like that there. I mean, even when we were, when we do like cars and stuff, even there's like, there's that parenting fear of like road trips. You know, like, I mean, not obviously now with everything going on is a different fear, but for, you know, even when things were perceivably normal, we discovered pretty quick that our kid happens to get car sick. So a TV in the car is nice, but unusable because within 30 minutes, he's going to throw up. So he, he gets motion sickness just watching the TV from the car. Is it because he bounces around or? Yeah, cause it, we, cause he's forward facing now. Mm-hmm. So like the forward facing, like he sees more of like what's going on outside, and he's more upright. So like watching the TV as he's like in the car mm-hmm. gives him like that weird motion sickness. I never even thought of that because I had motion. I didn't have TV in the car, and so I just, I'm just, I got motion sickness just from like either trying to read in a car. I, it depends on what it is. I do if if I'm reading like a book. I, it's weird if I'm reading like a book. I, I'll get queasy, like I'll I'll yeah. start to feel kind of queasy. But if I'm reading like a comic, I don't know if it's because it has like pictures and not as much words. But for some reason, I can read a comic and be a okay, or I can watch something on my phone, or I can play on like my Switch and I'm a okay. But if I'm reading a straight book, for some reason, that's what that's what sets it off. So since you do cosplay, do you cosplay your son up? Like when you go, do you get your son all cosplayed out? So I I, I stopped about a year ago because of money, but we. Me and my wife have talked about like when he gets older, taking him to like smaller ones because he has some people that he's just super huge fans of, like Captain America and Iron Man and Gambit, mm-hmm. uh, and like people from like animes that I'm I'm watching with him. And so we've talked about when he gets a little like a little bit older because he's at that point now where like if if we put anything on him, even if it's something he loves, and that's he's you know like Halloween's different. He's getting candy, so he'll wear a costume you know for two hours or whatever. But you know now it'd, it'd be like we get like 30 minutes and he'd be like, yeah, no, I'm bored. I'm taking this off. Let's go run around. <laughs> He's too crazy right now. So unless there's a hero that's just wears no pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess technically he could be, he could do Captain Underpants, yeah. which is like an older, sure. older book. And you say, so Gambit is one of his? Mainly because of okay. me, because Gambit's my, one of my favorites. Okay. And so I kept, I bought him like a Gambit action figure. And then like, I showed him a couple episodes of the early X-Men show mm-hmm. from the early 90s, because it's on Disney Plus, And they have that like super cool intro where like Gambit yeah. and all that stuff are in there. And like, 
he only made it to like a couple episodes, but I kept pointing out who Gambit is. And so he has a question. So he knows who Gambit yeah. is. Doing the dad thing. I'm sl- I've, making sure, yeah. making sure I've, he I've, knows which superheroes yeah. <laughs> to support. Yeah, like you like this guy, right? Like, well, yeah, but I like Iron Man too. Well, let's, let's focus on Iron Man. <laughs> let's focus on these other guys. So are you proud of his comic book choices? Or is there some that you're like, what about this guy? I mean, he like he likes Superman, which I'm not I'm not a fan so of. You're Marvel. I mean, I like both. I'm just I you know I just don't like Superman mm-hmm. just because they they made him way too overpowered, so it ruins a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. But he, I I do buy him some comics. So like I, I take every time I go to the comics the comics store to pick up my pull list, I always have him pick out because there's stuff he can see. Mm-hmm. The stuff that like the newer issues and stuff is always in like shelves, so you can see what has come out recently in the last two weeks. So I always let him pick out something just to kind of help reinforce the stuff he's been a fan of, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the things I talk about in, in my podcast is just to, you know, if you like, to help try to reinforce the fandoms for the new generation, because, you know, like I think we were talking kind of off the air, you know, I heard stories from friends that didn't have supportive parents mm-hmm. uh, or didn't really have the friends that were into things. And my parents were very supportive, but they had no idea what anything was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took me until high school to really have friends that were like nerdy, nerdy mm-hmm. uh, and not just like, well, I'm nerdy. But I, you know, and by that, I mean, I play Call of Duty, yeah. you know, three times a week. Like there's a difference between that and then like friends who were like, no, I go to conventions or I have nine boxes of comic books. And yeah, so even if it's stuff that I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, he wa- he loves Power Rangers and there's I grew up on the original. So I'm a huge fan of the original. And now there's 30 of them. Mm-hmm. And there's some that are actually pretty good that they've made recently, and there's some that are terrible, and I like cannot stand watching them. But you know, it's you kind of just you got to reinforce those fandoms when they're young because I've seen the effects of what happens if you don't have a support people or yeah that people are that support system to like say that it's okay to be into this thing. People are gonna want to change you because they don't feel good about themselves, so they'll it'll start with uh you know oh I don't like this I think it's too childish. You know, or it'll be something like that. It'll it'll just be little things, and then it just it snowballs from there. So just even if you like something, just stick up for it. Don't don't let them peer pressure you into saying I don't like it too because you want their approval. Yeah, and I just say play to your strengths. If you're good at art, keep drawing. Even if they tell you it doesn't look good, just keep doing it because it's something you enjoy. And as you get older. You'll you'll definitely want to do more things you enjoy, and when you do find them again, because if you're lucky enough to rediscover them, you're like, why don't I keep doing this this whole time? This is great. Yeah. So I appreciate this. And what are you doing to kind of prevent yourself, like as a dad, to just try to take those safety precautions? Even though you are going to go back to MMA, do you see yourself maybe taking it easier in the jujitsu? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's, it's like because you still have like, I mean, I still. Like I said, like every time I put him on my shoulder and my neck hurts or, you know, I'm trying to go for a run and even like a mile run, I can feel my shoulder blades just getting super tight because of whatever's going on. And it's just like that constant every day of like what, you know, if I push it, you know, how hard, what, where's the risk of like, you know, becoming paralyzed, like obviously is, is the fear. So ideally, like in a perfect world, you know, if I can get healthy and just you know, just do kickboxing for a while and, and see how my body holds up, uh, like boxing and kickboxing and just not do the sparring I was doing. Cause that, that was part of the thing too, is like, you know, I was training five days a week, sometimes like six, seven hours at a time, but I was also doing the sparring, you know? So I was 
crazy, you know, like doing crazy all the sparrings I could and like pushing myself. I mean, I was getting in really good shape, but I mean, now I'm feeling the effects of five years of getting hurt, but then like never going to the doctor because it was like, well, I can't afford the medical bill yeah. because, you know, the, without getting political, can't afford the, the healthcare bill. So it was just, all right, never go to the doctor and, you know, I'm sure I'll heal up. Yeah. And, you know, this is the first time where I've not healed up, but now I'm feeling the effects of just five years of minor concussions and small tears here and small tears there. And See, that's one of my fears, too, yeah. is like loss of mobility, because as a, watching my grandparents get older, I felt like that was the the precursor to the to the bad is when they stopped being able to move. And that's 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 yeah. my big fear is like, oh, what if I just am sitting to the point where I can't get up and walk a mile? Yeah. Or I can't bend down to pick something up. Yeah. So I totally feel that loss of mobility. Yeah. And that's why, like, eventually I'm just going to suck it up mm-hmm. and just, like, go and get an MRI done just to see, like, is it... Because it hasn't gotten any worse or better in two years. So I'm, like, riding that line of, like, eventually you just got to suck it up. And mm-hmm. and that's the fear is like, the fear holds you back. Not only because you don't want to get a giant bill you can't afford, but at the same time you're like, what if it is? What if I go and they tell me, like, well, it's not bad, but, you know, you have a tear... Mm-hmm. whatever's between your spine and your neck in that yeah. general area. Or it's something they can't fix. Yeah, where they're like, it'll never get any worse, but it's just always going to hurt. Or, hey, we have to do, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a minor surgery, but, you know, you like, you're not going to be able to move your neck for four weeks. And yeah, so it's like that. And for me, like, it's not only like the, the fear for like not being able to do anything with him when he's just growing up, but then getting older, like when he's older and I'm, you know, well into the late age, like my grandmother has dementia right now and it hasn't set in like super bad, but it's obviously with that disease, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so like, I've realized that too is man, not only do I not want to lose mobility, but like not being able to remember anything, having the light, like having the kid, you know, or future kids and like building all that up. And then like all of a sudden one day, you know, you're in your seventies and eighties and you don't remember your own kid. Like I just, yeah, that would kill me. I mean, I guess I wouldn't know, but still. That's a scary thing as well. And it's one of those things where you just kind of, you just hope for the best in that situation and enjoy, enjoy the time you have is what I've always tried to do. It's like, you can't, it, you can't make everything a success. You just got to enjoy what you do. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like what's school going to be for kids going forward by the time your kid's school age? What, what are schools going to look yeah. like? It better be something in person because if his schooling system, if his schooling education comes down to my knowledge, he is <laughs> screwed. He's gonna get an A in Muay Thai. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm like, I'm, I'm a huge history buff. Like, I've always been really into history, so he'll do great in that. But grammar, writing, math, science. So you know, five out of the six <laughs> of what you would normally do, he's, <laughs> he's not going to me for. That's when you look at your wife and be like, "Your turn." <laughs> Yeah. Tag in like a luckily tag my, team. Yeah. Luckily, my wife is way better at all those other things than I am. So she'll she'll do like 90% of his schoolwork because yeah. I don't know how. And then I can do the other 10%. I mean, when it's two plus two, I'm, I'll be fine. But as soon as they start going, as soon as he starts coming home to me when he's in, I don't know what grade it is now, but fifth or sixth grade, when he's like, all right, dad, I need help with math. It's 4X minus two. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So this is the part where I officially cannot help you anymore. See, Dad had five X's, so he doesn't know this one. <laughs> yeah. Four X means that I was in a bad place at that time of relationship before I met your mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I would do math with my kid. Like three X. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, three X. I was twenty three, and this girl worked in a haunted house, and 
we met on an online yeah. dating. <laughs> no, dad, that's not the math problem. What is your, what is your, what's your, what's been your best dad moment with your kid so far? Oof, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Cause, and I'm, you know, not, not the normal, you know, cliche answer of like, every day is a precious, cause it's not, you know, every day is not a precious moment. There are plenty of days that are not. I think it, it it's, it's different days. Sometimes it's like when he was younger, I was the only one who could put him to sleep because I had like a certain way of holding him that no one else could figure out. They, even if like you held him, you were like, I'm doing the exact same thing you're doing. For some reason, like when he was growing up, you know, like, uh, five, you know, like three months to say, you know, seven, eight months. Uh, like, so it's moments like that, like, you know, is as tiring as it is, you know, I, I have memories of being awake at three in the morning when he would wake up for a, for a bottle and he'd, he'd eat the bottle and he wouldn't want to go back to sleep. So I'm in, you know, the other room at three in the morning holding him, trying to like just talk to him and calm him down to then like, you know, stuff like today, you know, like where he's older and he's super into Spider-Man and he wants me to like hold him like an airplane and as he pretends to shoot him, shoot spider webs uh, around the house and, and carry himself to stuff. So yeah, it's, I don't know if there's like a specific moment that I can be like, oh, that, that moment yeah. is like, is my, you know, my all time favorite, but I'd say there's definitely like themes yeah. of, of moments, if that makes sense. Um, I think so, because I would say, like, they probably just compound, like, every day or every moment, like, all of a sudden kind of latches on almost like a Legos of... Yeah, it, I don't know, like, advice, as weird as it sounds, I would give to people listening that are newer parents is, after, like, they're one or two, and you somehow take a vacation for, like, a week, just somehow try to get, like, vacation time, because it's really weird, like, so, for people listening right now, my, my kid is not, uh, he's at my wife's brother's house, because... We had to go to like Michigan for a funeral and there was people there and yes, we all wore masks, but we were self-quarantining for two weeks just to be safe. So up until yesterday when this is recording, I hadn't seen my kid in 10 days. So he's, he's always been a big talker, like not, not to like toot my own kid's horn, you know, cause I hate when parents do that, you know, like, oh, my kid's the smartest, my kid's the, the best. Like I hate when people do that because there's the difference between in my opinion, like encouragement and then just like throwing your kid at people. Mm -hmm. So like I try not to like to him, I do, of course, to build up his obviously his confidence and stuff. But like when I'm talking to other people and they're like, oh, your kid's so smart. I'm like, all right. Like, yeah, I guess. Thank you. I don't like try to like go out and, and say stuff, but I will admit his 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 vocab is really good. And it probably just becomes to no surprise that his dad is a huge talker not just from the podcast, but in general, I, you know, I talk a lot. And so I hadn't seen him in 10 days and he's like telling me all these stories about things he's been doing and, you know, making up stories like when we're running around, you know, like we're running away from Thanos and, you know, he's Black Panther and, you know, we're running around and stuff. And I'm just, I don't think like I was, there's no way I was this smart when I was two. I'm pretty sure I was super dumb. And so it's, it's weird. You have moments like that too, where you spend inadvertently time away from them and then you see them again and it's like oh, oh like jesus like i'm doing something right obviously if you can articulate this well but at the same time like you always wonder like what you're doing you, you second guess everything all the time sometimes too much but i get i don't know if that's a fear but it's i guess it's more of a concern that you kind of deal with every day with kids because you're just well i mean when they're younger i, I guess at least because you just don't know because you're like is this thing i'm doing gonna like you know in two years be a negative how does he do with the santa and easter bunny 
because I I will say I did okay with Santa. There were times there there's hit and miss. Like I have some pictures of me in a happy face, some pictures of me sobbing. <laughs> so so he was born he was born in September. So first Christmas and first Easter were like non-existent things for him because he had no clue what was going on in the world. And then after that, Easter's become a thing. So now like I guess this year. Um, we like, I, we hid eggs around their house, but kids are also very dumb. He picked up all the eggs cause we, we live in like a smaller place. There wasn't a lot of places to hide them. So we hit, I hit all, he found all the eggs fairly like within like 10, 15 minutes cause they weren't in a large area. And then like, they were all gone. We we're like, all right, buddy, that's it. Let's go inside. And he's like, no, there's more. And we're like, there's not, we're all done. We should, we should go inside. No, like, no, there's more. I'm going to look for more. Okay. So I would like, literally my wife would distract him. And I would reach into his bucket, grab like five eggs, and I'd have to sprint to the other yard <laughs> and re-throw eggs on the ground and be like, all right, let's go check the other yard again. And then he'd find eggs and be like, huh, see, I told you there was more. You're like, all right, we were just here five minutes ago and there wasn't, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Santa, he's been pretty good uh, on that on that part. He he knows who he is and that he gives him presents, so we can use that against him. <laughs> but last year, he like this year, he got, well, I, yeah, this year. Well, I guess it is technically last year in 2019, but. He got so overwhelmed because he, he opened like two toys and he was like, oh, I'm going to play with these now. And we're like, yeah, there's like 30 more things. And he's like, hmm, no, no, there's not. For, for, for you, there is. For you, there is. For me, I'm going to play with these two and I'm, I'm good. So for Easter, he can't have enough Easter eggs. Christmas presents, two, please. We're done. Yeah. Christmas, just give me a toy. And I, uh, no, I, I don't care if there's another toy. I just want to play with this one. You could have like a, almost like a 30-day Christmas, just one present per day, and just keep him satisfied. I should just switch to Hanukkah, because I'm half Jewish, <laughs> so he's a quarter Jewish. Like, I just need to switch to Hanukkah. I'm like, here's, here's eight days of stuff. Here you go. Just eight days of one present. Yeah. That's amazing that, that he just totally, two's enough. That's fine. He's like, whatever. He's like, we'll open. We'll be like, want to play with this one? He's like, no, nah, I, like, I like this one. And then like, I'll play with it later, but that morning, you're just like, Jesus, I just like, so I mean, now he's getting older, so now it's to the point where like, Christmas now is going to be like the gifts of like the stuff that I have to put together at like two in the morning and cut the night before and we're, we're getting to that point where like now which I don't understand why do kids things have to be built with so many different screws I've built things before and I'm just like why why is this thing have like 30 washers and like nine different screw sizes and as an adult you get stuff that just clips together in yeah. three pieces yeah this microphone was like a hundred dollars and it's literally was three. It's, it was three things. It was a microphone, a mic stand, and a cord to plug into my computer. Like, end end of story. <laughs> That's it. And they somehow they managed to break it in ten seconds of of use. It's like what what test yeah, what testing department do you guys have that built this dollhouse? Yeah, it, we bought them like from the Disney store, so you would think higher quality. Mm -hmm. You know, at least in comparison to other things and it was like a marvel avenger set like bigger one well not three three to five inches i guess and like figures they had parts and you could exchange like to take their heads off and like put different heads on that kind of thing within an hour of it arriving he had ripped black widow's bottom half off because she wasn't turning so her waist didn't turn and he got he didn't get it so he just ripped it off and then within a day hawkeye was also missing an arm and both his legs because they weren't moving the right direction. So he was just, and then there you, there you go. Toys broken. It was like $80 for the set of like six and two were broken within a day. It's like dogs too. Cause dogs do that too with their chew toys. It's like you give them a chew toy and you like turn around. It's like completely mangled. It's like, what did you? Yeah, we, we don't, and we don't have a dog yet, but we are 
we haven't yet but when like in a week we're we're getting him a cat because he said he wanted a cat over a dog so now i'm gonna have a cat well that's it those are adventures i i'm allergic to cats so i don't have that many my mom's also allergic to cats but somehow they got two because my stepdad i guess wants animals that he can care for and that's oh yeah my wife's had a few my wife's my wife's mong which is like a asian subsect from thailand Mm -hmm. And so growing up, they had like, they had pigeons as pets mm-hmm. and chickens, but pigeons and yeah, like, I mean, I'm a huge dog guy. Like not that I don't mind cats. Like uh, my mom's allergic to cats too, and so is my sister. I just kind of got lucky in not being really allergic to anything. But yeah, he just he was like, I asked him like five times to try to like sway. I'm like, you sure you sure you don't want like a dog? You you really want a cat? And then it was every time it was like, yeah, no, cat. All right, all right. Well, I guess we're getting a cat next week, and there we are. That's cool. I still may get a dog and just get really pointy ears on him and say, look, it's a cat. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally a cat. I I swear it's a cat. Cats, cats bark. I totally, I promise. I promise, son. Cat, cats bark. It's a binju or a bijou. Yeah. It's a cat name. So where can people find you on social media, Mark? Yeah. So I've kept it hopefully simple enough. Facebook and Twitter is just at Phantom Effect. Um, Should pop up right away pretty pretty responsive on on both and then pretty much every podcasting platform so you know apple spotify pandora iheart pretty much if it exists i'm on there i'm pretty sure i've made sure to be on everywhere so just whatever you use you can probably find me uh there's a youtube channel as well if if listening to youtube through podcasts is more your thing you can find every episode on uh youtube as well but those are about on a two-week delay to you know, obviously, just because people who listen live get preferent treatment. And yeah, and then you'll be able to hear me every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on Redline Radio LLC is the Facebook page. So you can go to, you can go to there and listen to stuff and you'll see me both live and also hear some past episodes. Um, or you can just download their app, but you can find out that information on the website. Thank you so much for doing this, Mark. It's been a great time. I enjoyed listening to you. And you got an awesome kid that's going to probably, you know, be an Iron Man fan or <laughs> or Gambit or Gambit if he's anything like his old man. I'm still going to I'm going to push that one hard when, he, when he's just getting older. But no, I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, it was a it's a it's always a pleasure. And I, I like the you know what your uh, your viewpoint on like what you're what you're doing is different and i like it you know it's not the the standard kind of thing so so i I like it thank you i didn't want to be i didn't want to either one fix it or like be a therapist in any way even you know even though i'm not i'm not for against therapy in any way i just i wanted to just talk about it and just as a comic that's what i've done on stage is i'm afraid of certain things and i'll you know talk about it on stage in an honest way and sometimes it gets a laugh sometimes doesn't get a laugh it just gets you poor thing you know <laughs> so i've just kind of it's kind of helped me make peace with it kind of like so you know that's part of me yeah i'm afraid of karaoke that's one of my <laughs> one of my fears is singing in public even though i do stand up i've done that drunk but yeah that's silly. that's the only time that's happened well thanks again mark um i look forward to the fandom effect on redline llc yeah i appreciate it, it was a, it was a good time So that was Mark Jacob Hallberg. What a fascinating interview. I really enjoy his podcast, The Fandom Effect, We talk where he talks to all kinds of nerd cultures and his philosophy of don't, be a, don't let people take what you find nerdy away from you. Don't let society tell you 
what you should be a fan of. I really like that message. It's really cool that he shares his love of anime and comic books with his son and that they plan to go to cosplay and conventions together as a family. I really think that's a really neat idea. I also find it really interesting that to how do you separate being a parent from the life you enjoy? Like if you do enjoy doing high risk behaviors, like and it could happen to anybody, skiing, snowboarding, skateboarding, mountain biking. People have active lifestyles. How do you balance that risk of injury along with being a parent for your child? What happens if they want to get into those high-risk activities? Does that also get into your brain at some point in time? Make sure you check out Mark Jacob Hallberg's podcast, The Fandom Effect, on all platforms. The website links will be in the show notes. Also, if you like what you listen to here, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple or whatever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. And now some credits and thank yous for the people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does my graphics and design for my comedy as well as my podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite2o. Get it, Whitewater. Also, a big thank you to Gunnar Olsen for my music. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns. That's G-U-N-B-U-N-S. You can also check out his website at gunnarolson.net. And you can check out his awesome EPs and some music he's got coming out. Real excited for him. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio on all social media. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. If you want to follow the show, I highly recommend it. Instagram and Twitter is at Some Fear Fans. Facebook group is Some of All Fears. If you want to, if you have questions for the show or feedback, email me at SomeFearFans at Gmail. If you want to be a guest on the show, also email somefearfans at gmail.com. We can make that happen. Please keep leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. I, appreciate, I just appreciate seeing that people like what I'm putting out. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. I appreciate all of you for listening. And next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening to The Sum of All Fears. Music.